Hi, I am Martin, and this is Words That Change You. Words fly all around us. Kind words, silly words, angry words. And they do so all day long. But how often does something written or spoken really feed our souls? Wouldn't it be nice if beyond the noise we could listen to words that make a difference? Words that change us. In Words That Change You, we'll examine words, events, concepts that have impacted us lately and see whether we could not glean some nuggets of wisdom to feed on and some tools that apply that for our lives. Tune in and be surprised. All Souls A couple of days ago was All Souls Day. This is when many Christian traditions remember their departed loved ones and in some countries visit their graves. In the UK this is also when people start wearing artificial poppies to remember and fundraise for those who gave their lives or were injured in the wars. We realize that some of our listeners don't observe either of those traditions. And yet we would invite you to stay with us. Whatever your spiritual or natural heritage, it is not all bad to once a year think of death. And since many of us already had to suffer through Halloween, we might as well go all the way and allow this podcast to indulge you for a couple of episodes with the thought of death. Lest you think we go all morbid on you during November, allow us to assure you Sobriety and morbidity are two different things. And today's podcast will in fact seek to weave in one other theme which is commonly considered during this month, namely gratitude. When I was a little boy, All Souls was a holiday in Austria. And so every year, my aunt Millie would take me and my sister to Vienna's largest cemetery, the Zentralfriedhof, where her husband was buried. The trip took at least one hour by tram, simply to get to the edge of town. Then we would walk for another 20 minutes and watch Millie clean the grave, pull out any weeds, plant a new flower or bush, light a candle, and then say a prayer. What struck me, even as a six-year-old, was the natural way in which she related to her deceased husband, whom I had never met. It did not seem kooky or occult, but very, very normal. What made it even more so was that we would then, before getting onto the tram for our return journey, stop at a sausage stand. I'm sorry, to compare it to a hot dog stand would be a sac sacrilege. We would stop there for a little snack. That also felt very natural, even though I learned only later that some cultures, such as the Orthodox and the Latinos, actually bring food to the grave and consume it right there as a sign of communion with the deceased. The whole ritual convinced me that it was quite natural to have a relationship with the deceased and to remember them fondly. So what about you? If you're old enough, you have lost loved ones, 
such as grandparents or aunts or uncles, or possibly even parents or contemporaries. So what is your relationship with them, apart from sadness that they are no longer with you? Some of us try to forget them as quickly as possible, since their departure reminds us of our own mortality. That is folly, but this is the topic of our next podcast. I believe that forgetting the departed is silly, whether your memory of them is positive or not. If you had a bad relationship with the deceased, one you never straightened out, then your attempt at forgetting them is called repression by psychologists. And if you loved them, then trying to forget them is robbing yourself of beautiful memories which could be life-giving for you. Every beginning of November, I print out the ever-growing list of deceased friends and relatives of mine. The first one on the list, whose death I remember vividly, is my godfather Carl, who was also my first violin teacher. He was a white-haired, gentle man who had retired as a cellist from the Vienna Philharmonics. He and his wife were the most generous people I ever knew, and I never realized the personal tragedies they had lived through. He was always there for me, kind, unassuming, and humble. So when he suddenly disappeared from my life, I was shocked. My list also contains a couple of friends who committed suicide. In all three cases, their deaths were surprises, and in two of them, I regretted never telling them how much they meant to me. And then, of course, they're my parents. They were both larger-than-life people, and their impact on me continues, even though they have been dead for 15 to 20 years. And the longer they are dead, the more often I remember particular traits of them, or catch some of theirs in either my sister or, shock of horror, in myself. I have often observed, especially after living in the Middle East, that our Western culture has lost most of its rituals surrounding the dead. We assume that somebody, as soon as they have buried their loved one, snaps back to normal, and we ourselves have no good ways of remembering the deceased. So what about if we started or rediscovered some rituals this season? Let us assume that the person in question who passed away was dear to us. How about, for starters, writing down the wonderful things we remember about them? For me, that would include the Advent cookie baking sessions with my Aunt Lisa, the introduction to wine tasting with Mitzi, the cigarettes I was allowed to sneak out of Aunt Gertrude's living room, whatever. And then decide how you want to, quote, let them know, end of quote, about it. Your creativity is the limit. Go to their gravesites and read the note, or even better, give a speech about it. Or take what you wrote and tie it to an old-fashioned balloon and let it fly toward heaven. Or if you are particularly environmentally conscious, light an autumn fire and burn the note. If all of this is too voodoo for you, well then buy a bottle of Merlot, invite your best friend, and tell them you want them to listen to your honoring of this particular deceased person. Oh, no.
the unlikely but possible case that you had issues with the deceased. You never said all you wanted to tell them, or even worse, things ended badly before they passed away. I have a friend who had a really difficult relationship with her abusive father, and she shared with me that not until she danced on her dad's grave could she really be at peace. Well, whatever your situation may be, don't let the dead tie you down and keep you from being free. So write down all you wanted to tell them, be it asking for forgiveness, telling them you love them, or simply that they sucked in their parroting, whatever. Then find a creative way to pass it on to them. Again, go to their gravesite, or write it on the back of their picture, or rip the page and throw it into a river. Whatever brings closure. We are well aware that different ones have very different cultural views of the departed. In China, you will light incense in front of an altar of the dead. My mother used to light a candle on the birthday of every loved one and put it in front of their photograph. Aunt Millie visited the grave. It does not matter, but do not let the blessing of the dead pass you by. This was Words That Change You, with me, Martin Steinbereitner. It was produced by Fritz Lowy, Piroska Kacha, and Jacob Dubibair. If you liked this episode, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, feel free to leave us feedback or questions on Facebook under Einstein Podcasts. Until next time.